Welcome to The Path to Exit, a podcast to help software and internet founders understand the process to raise capital or sell their business. Hello and welcome, everyone. I'm Mike Lyon, founder and managing director of VistaPoint Advisors, and this is The Path to Exit. This show is dedicated to helping founders of software and internet businesses understand what it takes to raise capital or sell their business and how to do it well. My guest today is Jeff Coons, Managing Director and Founding Member at VistaPoint Advisors. You'll recognize Jeff from previous episodes. In today's episode, we'll discuss why SaaS founders shouldn't worry about the election when it comes to timing an exit or a capital raise transaction and the results of our 2024 buyer survey. Please enjoy my discussion with Jeff. Before the 2020 election, we saw a rush to exit as SaaS founders sought to sell their businesses before major political changes could affect capital gains tax rates or reduce their post-tax take-home cash. It's easy to get swept up in the emotion and speculations of an election year, and media coverage will shape narratives, influence sentiments, and even drive business decisions. It's understandable that founder-led SaaS companies will wonder how high the stakes are for them and if now is really a good time to sell or raise capital. Jeff, let's discuss why founders shouldn't worry so much about the election and what they should be paying attention to instead. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. Always enjoy being on the path to exit. This one is something that we just started to see cropping up in late December, where all of a sudden founders started asking, hey, heading into 2024, it's an election year. How should I let that impact my decision on potentially looking to sell my business? We knew this was going to come. We have a lot more of these conversations already here in the first part of January. And overall, I think our view at VistaPoint is a very firm, don't worry about it. Obviously, there's going to be a ton of media attention and a lot of hype around the election. But overall, what you see from the data and from our experience during the last few election cycles is that ultimately it is not going to have a material impact on the exit environment, the valuation environment, or the likelihood of a successful sale process. And there's a few different things at play here related to the election. So if we start at first principles, what's the most specific thing that an administration could do that would change a founder's exit? it to be either better or worse. Frankly, it's big, but it's limited to post-tax take-home cash, right? What is the tax environment going to be? When we sit here in 2024 and think about what the changes could be, we think that the chances are incredibly slim that any meaningful tax reform happens. And as such, the election is going to take a ton of oxygen, but should be one of the last things you consider if you're thinking about looking at a transaction event for your company. I think good points, Jeff. And of the bigger things that actually impact the M&A market, we saw one of those in the last couple of years, which is interest rates going up, how that impacted public company SaaS valuations, which obviously trickles through the M&A market. The chances of interest rates going up now are de minimis, right? So I don't think that's a big concern. And the Fed actually has at its disposal something they didn't have previously, which is the ability to lower interest rates pretty materially because they're pretty high and the economy is in great shape. So I think there's going to be a lot of drama about the election, but in reality, the economy is good. There's a lot of flexibility with rates and there's a lot of pent up demand to buy and sell assets. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. And the other thing I would add is let's say you do for some reason think that a different party coming into power or another party maintaining power changes things drastically. Historically, Democrats have favored higher taxes. Republicans have favored lower taxes. And when you think about when Biden first won election, they had control of all three branches of government. They didn't touch capital gains. There was a lot of talk about it, but it didn't ultimately happen. 
nobody's really forecasting a big wipeout one way or the other. If anything, it's going to be kind of a draw. Maybe one party owns the White House, the other owns part of Congress, or maybe that's flipped. We just don't see any appetite or pathway for a big tax change to happen that negatively impacts founders. They typically tend to bite around the edges on the corporate tax code. Some of our clients are C-Corps. Most tend to be LLCs or corporate taxes S's. The impact for them is even less. And so let's say that the Democrats maintain full control of everything. We don't see any reason why a tax policy change would be more likely this time around than it was when they were, frankly, in probably better shape. And if the Republicans were to come into power and control all aspects of government, if anything, taxes go down, which could be marginally positive on the edges. Even with those big swings, we just don't think timing an exit or really being overly concerned about that is a good way to think about your exit type. Well said, Jeff. And now that we mentioned that, I think we wanted to move on to topics that will likely impact valuation and volumes coming into this year. So we just finished up an annual survey we did with some large SaaS private equity firms. It represents about $85 billion of asset under management. And we asked them lots of questions. Jeff, why don't you get into some of the more important results from the survey? Yeah, it was a really interesting survey, Mike. And as you said, it's a really great sample. Again, $85 billion in assets under management. Any founder listening to this would have been emailed or called by a ton of these folks who responded to this survey, so you would know who they are. And we split the survey into two specific areas. One is related to the market, and then the other is related specifically to the companies they're going to invest in. So let's start on the market side of it. The first thing we wanted to know, because 2023 was a pretty low volume year for M&A, certainly the lowest we've had for a while, how are buyers and investors ultimately thinking about the volume of deals that are going to happen? And this was unambiguous. 93% of respondents expected SAS M&A volume to be up moderately or significantly this year. So only 7% of respondents thought that M&A volume would be down. One other area that we wanted to get a sense of was how bad was last year from a volume standpoint? So we asked this question, how was the LOI volume? So not closed deals, because some of that can be out of your control, but how many LOIs were you putting out in 2023 compared to the peak, which happened in 2021? And of that, only 18% of respondents last year had more LOIs than they had in 2021. And so what this ultimately means to us is there was significantly less activity, even in bidding. And as you said, Mike, there's this big pent up demand of all these undeployed funds that have to go somewhere. And we expect that somewhere to be in a lot of founder led bootstrap type businesses this year. We can get into why in a minute on that. But overall, the survey was unequivocal that every expectation is a big, big rebound in volume this year. Do you want to maybe get into some of the commentary around what PE firms are expecting to do with their exits and kind of their expectations around interest rates and what that means? Absolutely. So when we wanted to drill in a little bit further, one of the questions we asked was, how do buyers think valuation is going to perform this year? And again, pretty strong signal. 75% of respondents expected valuations to be up or flat, with only 25% of respondents expecting valuation to be down. So we think that we'll hold serve comparatively to last year. And what I would say is last year, we saw this dynamic where essentially AA plus assets, they still got AA plus valuation. There were really good deals to be had, but some of the other companies where maybe the metrics aren't totally perfect. 
perfect. So let's call it like a B plus asset. They were getting closer to a C plus B minus valuation. That's the area in the market that we think is going to recover the most. As more buyers come in, volume comes online. We just think the overall deal market is going to be such where we have a nice fortification of that bottom end of the valuation range. And so that's going to be exciting for founders looking to ultimately exit this year. One other aspect of the market, though, so not only are the buyers of our assets private equity firms, big strategic players, but oftentimes they are owned by private equity firms themselves. And of course, private equity firms are not in the business of owning assets forever. They look to exit as well. And so one of our questions, and we'll get into the knock-on effect this has on founders, is of your portfolio companies for the PE firms, are you going to be more focused on exits this year for those companies that you've already invested in? And 70% of the respondents said yes. What does this mean? It means that a lot of these companies that have raised 100, 200, 300 million in capital, they're going to be looking for an exit themselves. So whether it's an IPO or an M&A event or a recap with another private equity firm, we think that is also going to be a big part of the market. One thing to just be aware of here is as investors get closer to the exit of their own portfolio companies, the way they think about buying companies for those portfolio companies does begin to change a little bit. For those of you that aren't familiar with that, it's really just a math problem. So if they're looking at an exit in the next 12 months, they simply can't put a bunch of cash into purchasing a new business because they won't have the time to grow that business and get a return. So what you see are a lot of bad deal structures out of those buyers. You either see earnouts, which we think are just unacceptable in the base case, or you'll see a lot of equity or seller note. But generally, the closer a private equity-backed strategic is to an exit, the worse the structure of their bid becomes. And since there wasn't a lot of exits in the last year, year and a half, there's a lot more of those private equity-backed strategics out there. So when you're comparing private equity-backed strategics, one that recently made an investment generally is a better buyer in terms of the structure and maybe the valuation than maybe a port code that's been held for five or six years. That's exactly right, Mike. One other thing you hit on that I do want to make sure I touch on, frankly, this was the biggest surprise to me overall in the survey, and that was around interest rates. We asked the question, how important is the declining rate environment to your acquisition or to your investment thesis? A little over 47% of respondents indicated that interest rate declines are actually not a factor in their deal outlook. A similar number said it's somewhat important, but overall, only 6% of the respondents indicated that the declining interest rate environment is very important to them. And Mike, I'm curious what you think was driving that response. I was kind of surprised as well. I thought folks would actually want to see it. I think some of it is for a lot of these SaaS investments, obviously debt isn't very prevalent in terms of the capital structure. So there's just less impact on the IRR if you're not using that much debt. I think it also just speaks to the confidence that rates are actually coming down. So there's not a lot of question about that. I think with the latest inflation numbers, that's only going to become a stronger response, meaning we don't have to actually see these rate cuts and the fact that the economy remains in pretty good shape. But anyway, really interesting data point. And I think, frankly, relieved us a little bit because we didn't want to have to wait till Q2 when the cuts happened, ideally, for us to see that. So we've talked a little bit about some of the macro factors. Now we're going to talk to you about what's important for valuation, and there's some changes here. So Jeff's going to walk us through some of the answers we got around profitability for SaaS businesses and AI. I think neither of these were a surprise for us, but we think worth highlighting nonetheless. Yeah, so obviously with a typical VistaPoint client, they're relatively bootstrapped, haven't raised a lot of outside capital. Profitability is kind of encoded into the DNA of how they built their businesses. And we started to see this quite a bit last year. But in the past, there were two primary drivers of valuation for SaaS businesses. 
what's the ARR growth? What's the retention profile look like? Right, gross net, logo retention. We have another podcast that touches on some of this stuff. But those were the two that clearly really drove valuations. Uh, For the first time last year, and then reconfirmed in this survey, a third factor has come into play, and that is profitability. Whereas before, profitability influenced where on that multiple spectrum you would have been, we've really seen profitability become almost a binary in that if you are not profitable, investors and buyers are not interested. I think a lot of this came from an experience where in the higher valuation environment of 2020, 2021, you had a lot of these models underwrite these pretty rosy customer acquisition cost to lifetime value metrics which basically said, I'm going to keep my customer for seven and a half years, multiply that by the ACV. Okay, that's my lifetime value. Well, what happened when things turned sideways was that seven-year assumption actually became three and a half, four years, and the whole customer acquisition model was upside down. And so those businesses were almost unable to get profitable. Obviously, the investors in the market responded to this by saying, if you cannot show true profitability, we're not going to trust you. We're going to wait to see that you actually do it. In the survey, we saw this come up where over 70% of the firms rank profitability as a top three metric for a new investment, which again was always just ARR and retention. Profitability has joined that club as a really, really critical element. In the past years, one and one A for valuation were growth rate or recurring revenue and retention rate. And then you had some factors that could be almost like a digital on-off switch. The TAM, the gross margin, did these look like big businesses you could build? And would the unit economics be good? But now profitability is not quite as important as the revenue growth rate and the retention, but it's up there in a way that it hasn't been in the past few years. And that's why you're seeing valuations of these founder-led SaaS businesses remain really high because everyone wants to buy that type of business now because it's perceived as less risky. Jeff, maybe talk to us a little bit about the AI part of the survey. What did we learn there? AI is just so interesting outside of just the academic, hey, what is this going to do to the world and society, all that stuff, which is in and of itself interesting. But for Vistapoint, typically AI has not shown up in a lot of our deals because our deals tend to be later stage, more mature companies, liquidity focused transaction, and AI was really the province of VCs for a long time. That is starting to change. So in our survey, we had 65% of our respondents indicate that AI capabilities are somewhat important. And then another 12% indicated that they are very important to their investment thesis to have an AI angle in there. So 77% of investors are saying, hey, this is important. It might not be the most important thing, but it is important. And ultimately for us, what we see is this is the leading edge of where pure play, what we consider non-AI driven SaaS and AI are starting to combine a little bit where even if it's more of a true pure play SaaS platform or product, having some AI capabilities are going to be critical because the worry is if your product is 100% predicated on human intervention. So if I have, let's say, a system of record and I have to type in all the information all the time, somebody else has a system of record in the same vertical, but they can go out through all my various APIs and just ingest that data and auto-populate it. My SaaS product is now inferior to that other one. Now, the capabilities aren't fully there yet for it to really drive the big product differentiation, but investors and buyers are starting to pay attention to this in a way that, again, two years ago, it was really all hypothetical. Now we're starting to see these product capabilities get built into these products, and the investors and buyers are becoming more and more focused on this being there for the investment. 
And so what I think this means is if you are a SaaS platform, a SaaS product, and you do not and do not have plans to have AI be part of your company or your product, it is probably better to think about an exit sooner rather than later as that component becomes more and more important to any one investment decision or acquisition. So I think the way to think about it is if you're not on offense on AI, I would view it as a potential risk factor, but one that probably isn't too prevalent this year, but starts to build into 2025. One of the things we did is we took all the survey data and frankly, our experience working on transactions in the market right now and came up with our outlook for 2024. And I think our outlook for 2024 is you fall into one or two camps. If you're a founder-led, bootstrapped, profitable business, we think 2024 is going to be a bit of a golden moment for valuations there, and we'll talk about that in a second. However, if you're unprofitable and struggling to get to profitability, we think 2024 is a good year to sit it out and kind of focus on unit economics and really not be thinking about an exit or a big raise. But if you are profitable, there's a lot of factors working here to drive valuation. So we mentioned investors are really focused on profitability. So that's shining this big spotlight of investor assets on this relatively smaller part of the SaaS segment, which obviously is good. That means lots of buyer attention and maybe not as many sellers selling. So that's certainly positive. There's a counterweight to that, though, that later in the year, it looks like PE firms are going to be trying to sell more portfolio companies. And so that's going to take some attention away. In the past year, bigger funds were coming down market and doing smaller deals. As some of those PE-backed companies start to sell, they'll obviously probably move back up market because there's more to do there. So we think earlier in the year could be a little bit better. We also think just given this AI risk that doing something this year versus next year, there's a little bit of a difference there in how much of a risk factor that's perceived. We just think there's going to be a lot of demand to invest in companies. Volumes were pretty low last year. Private equity firms need to deploy capital. So we think they're going to be really aggressive. And we're already seeing that in January in terms of PE firms either just trying to get companies into exclusivity or just being more aggressive in the types of processes they're involved in and what they're telling us about deploying capital. Anything else you'd add there, Jeff? Just don't read or watch or listen to the news because it'll drive you crazy and isn't super indicative on when you should look to sell your company. I mean, look, at the end of the day, nobody's sitting in a room saying, well, we probably shouldn't do that RFP because of what I just read on you know, CNN or the Wall Street Journal. And so I would say, as always, focus on fundamentals for these companies. As Mike put it so nicely, we think there's a really, really nice time period here for a lot of bootstrap SaaS founders to go get really attractive exits done. And that's all I got. Thanks, Jeff. As a quick summary, we talked a little bit about how we shouldn't let the election frenzy impact you too much and the ability to exit or raise capital. Real factors like interest rates, profitability, inflation will be much more important for your ability to raise capital or sell your business at a high valuation. Focus on your fundamental business metrics and let those determine when is the right time to sell for you. And we think it's going to be a bit of a golden moment for these bootstrap founder-led businesses who are in high demand because of their profitability. There's going to be a large pool of capital chasing relatively few opportunities. And we think earlier in the year could be a better time to exit than later in the year, given the fact that PE firms may be selling their portfolio companies later in the year. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Mike. Vistapoint Advisors is a founder-focused investment bank that advises software and internet founders through M&A and capital raise transactions. We are a fully unconflicted investment bank who only works for founders on the sell side, so you know that we're always representing your best interests. Securities offered through Vistapoint Advisors, member FINRA, CIPIC. 
This has been provided for informational purposes only. It is not intended to address all circumstances that might arise. Testimonials from past clients may not be representative of the experience of other clients, and there is no guarantee of future performance or success. Clients are not compensated for their comments. If you have any questions about the process of selling your business or raising capital, reach out to a member of our team or check out the Four Founders section of our site by visiting fourfounders.guide.